Stephen Gedney is from Woodland, California, broadcasting live from a pre-recorded session via Carmichael, California. Uncle Steve is a bigger weirdo. Are we on the Stephen Gedney podcast? We are on the podcast. Same bad time, same bad time. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> because... Arrive by Turkey. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking yeah. about. I know what you're talking about. I'm feeling you all... Steven will definitely not work. <laughs> this is your number 97 source for movies, music, comic books, geek culture, life lessons, philosophy, stories of rock and roll, drugs, alcohol, and everything in between... Come one and come all. Enter the SGP. You're listening to the Stephen Gedney Podcast. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the Stephen Gedney Podcast. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and joining me. This is episode 45, March 14th, 2016. And yeah, man, here we are again, once again. Another week, another podcast episode, another week has passed. And to be honest with you, Right before sitting down, I was like, what the hell am I going to talk about? I don't know. (laughs) I I didn't really do a lot. But then, as I start to really think about it, I did a lot of shit this week. Insane. So first of all, first and foremost, it's currently Sunday night as I record this. I'm broadcasting out of Carmichael, California, suburb of Sacramento. And you may or may not be able to hear the rain in the background. It's not raining that hard, but you can hear the drips coming down off my roof. And that's because it's been raining pretty bad for the last five days or so. Weird how we started out the week and it was nice and sunny. I can go for a walk and uh, shit was uh, all of a sudden it came out of nowhere. We're here. It's March. It's raining more in March than it did like the whole beginning of the winter. You know, the December, January, February. Like it's it's really coming down, and uh, it's not like we don't need it because last year they said we were in a drought in California and we had to restrict our water and all my grass died and my garden went poof in the dust in the wind <laughs> and blew away and burned out and so. Yeah, I I like this weather a lot. The only thing I don't like is trying to get a dog to go poop. (laughs) We have a really big backyard, and when it's raining hard, she does not want to go out there. So luckily, because our backyard's so big, we have trees that kind of line both sides of the fence. And I can run out to uh, the left side of the yard, and the trees provide good enough cover for her to, you know, do her business and run back in. But usually when I take the dog out, I'm wearing flip-flops. So that first step, it's like just a quarter to a half inch of water. Cold water, cold muddy water on my feet. And it's not that fun, but you do what you got to do, man, to take care of your animals. So 
But yeah, this lat, yeah, it's been raining. And today, it was really, really windy as well. So, needless to say, I did not mow the lawn. <laughs> I was trying to do it last weekend, rain. And then all of a sudden, I get like one or two days of sun, and then it rains again. So, looking forward though into the near future, looks like the weather's supposed to get better. We'll see. We'll see about that. It seems like whenever the weekend comes is when the weather is bad. <laughs> so it's, it fucks with you for sure. But uh, starting with last Sunday, shit, I don't even I don't even remember what what I did. I mean, I recorded the podcast on Monday, so uh, I remember that that far. <laughs> and uh, from broadcasting and shit, yeah, the, the weather was pretty good. So Tuesday, I believe it was Tuesday, I decided that I wanted to do some filming, more experimentation with my iPhone and Moondog Labs anamorphic lens, and I got this tripod, which I haven't really messed around with, so hey, what better chance uh, to try it out than Tuesday afternoon? I didn't really have anything to do, uh, chores were pretty much done, and the dog needed to go for a walk anyways, so I looked at the forecast, and I saw... And this is the fucking most reliable Apple app, the weather app on my iPhone. Never reliable when it comes to the weather. But regardless, I don't have anything better to look at. So I, I use that one because it's convenient. <laughs> and uh, it said that, yeah, it was going to rain the next few days, but the rain wasn't supposed to start until around 10 or 11 p.m. And this was like 4.30 in the afternoon. Got the backpack packed up all my film gear at least what I, what little film gear i have tripod get the dog we go in the car and we decide to drive down to banister park banister park is really cool area uh, and we actually me and the dog went uh, a couple weeks ago when it wasn't bad outside at all but wanted to uh do some filming this park is awesome because where i live and uh I don't have to give you my exact address, but I'm kind of off of Fair Oaks in, uh, in Carmichael Fair Oaks area. And so there are basically three parks that are on the edge of the Sacramento River. Or it's the American River. Yeah, that's right. Not Sacramento. It's the American River. So the American River is significant because if you're driving on uh, Highway 50 or freeway whatever you want to call it uh either going north or south there's literally only two ways to cross uh the river in a, a certain distance um between say uh i don't know east sacramento and and Folsom. Uh, there's only two places and one is Watt Avenue and Watt will take you over to the Arden area and close to the mall but uh, also close to a lot of ghetto stuff and Sunrise and Sunrise is also uh, it's a very very busy street and um, it'll take you to another mall as well but these two ways these these two exits off of Highway 50 are extremely busy and congested with traffic every single day that's why i take 80 home now but i used to take 50 and uh, i've driven up and down 50 so many times because i lived in rancho cordova lived in el dorado hills 
went and visited uh, Elisa when she lived in Placerville. So I'm very familiar uh, with the traffic and shit. I, I like taking 80 now because it's a lot shorter. But needless to say, I'm just trying to paint a, a picture for you on where I live. So I'm on the other side of the river, right tucked in between uh, these two exits. So either way, if I want to get to 50, it's going to take me 10, 15 minutes. I can either go up Fair Oaks and on sunrise, or I can go down Fair Oaks and, and get to Watt. And that, the second time, the second uh, choice would take a lot longer. But So I'm right here, kind of on the border of the uh, of Fair Oaks Boulevard, and there are three parks. And one is at the sunrise side. I don't know what it's called. One is near me called Bannister Park. And then at the very bottom is a big, huge park called Ansel Hoffman. And Ansel Hoffman has a golf course and it also has tennis courts and uh, a nature wildlife center. And uh, so anyways, this Ansel Hoffman, as well as the Sunrise Park, both require a $5 fee to get in and park for the day. But Bannister Park does not. Bannister Park is the only one of the three that you do not have to pay for. So if you go to Bannister on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, um, you may not find parking <laughs> because a lot of people like to be outdoors and shit and go for hikes and ride their bikes, all that good stuff. But um, during the week in the afternoon, it's not so bad. There's a big soccer field right when you get there, so usually kids are playing soccer. But I love this park. I've been through it a bunch of times. There's a lot of trails that go up and down and left and right, and they're not too strenuous. And you get a mix of dirt, concrete, and rocks. And you can get to the river um, from a few different paths. And you can also walk up to the Sunrise uh, Park in about 10 minutes, and that's no big deal at all. So you could park at Bannister walk up to the sunrise area and and hang out there and you don't have to pay that five dollar parking fee so uh and the cool thing about the sunrise area is there's a big bridge uh footbridge that you can walk across and really cool for taking pictures and some people go fishing out there and um there's a a river rafting um business uh, just above that and kids will not kids, but anybody will rent rafts and then ride the American River down to a certain point and then take a shuttle back up. And It's a very popular thing to do in the summertime, and maybe this summer we'll do it as well. But, so, we decided to go to Bannister because I thought it would be a really cool area to take some video and took the dog. And, you know, the weather, the, sky, the skies were a little bit gray, uh, looked a little bit cloudy. But I wasn't worried because my weather app said, hey, there's not going to be uh, uh, rain until later. Well, I was wrong because as soon as I got in the car and we took off, it started raining. Not bad, but just enough to have to use my windshield wipers. But I, I said, fuck it, because I got out of the car and it wasn't dumping. I wasn't getting soaked. It was just like a heavy, heavy mist, you know. So got the dog, we went out and just started walking around and we were going to walk up to the sunrise area and I took a different trail because normally I take uh, I either walk the concrete path all the way there or if I want to go to the river I'll go to the right side but on the left side there's a much more secluded trail 
um, it borders a giant hill and the, up the hill is, is, you know, people's property and stuff. A lot of people live up on that hill and part of their backyard goes down to it. But, um, yeah, that, that's, I never really went down that trail before. And just because of the fact that there wasn't a lot of people, I thought it would be a cool atmospheric place to uh, do some filming. So we went up, we, we walked down this trail and we were going to get to the sunrise area and then right probably five minutes before uh, we were going to get there, it just started raining a little bit too hard. <laughs> so Phoenix and I turned around and started walking back the other way. And luckily the trees we were under kind of shielded us a little bit and, and I did some filming. I'd set up the tripod and, and would record 10 seconds here and there, set my white balance and my focus. She was really cool. Um, she just sat there and did her heavy breathing, but no barking, no running amok. <laughs> um, she was just excited to be out. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, it, I got some more uh, experience with my Filmic Pro app and uh, just honing my skills a little bit more and um we made it back went home and and i checked out the footage and and it looked really cool and the next day i kind of stitched it all together and put it on youtube added a filter and yeah i had a little like minute and a half test video with uh some music in the background and yeah i'm very i'm very happy with it i'm learning more and more about this whole uh uh iPhone cinematography thing, watching lots of videos, asking people questions, learning uh, what can and can't be done, and um, I'm really excited. I think uh, a few more tests, and I'll be ready to do like a little short film, a real short film. So, and I, you know, just me being creative, I love doing that shit. So, uh, I believe it was Wednesday. It, I think it was Wednesday, um, decided to rent a documentary that I had heard about for the last year. And uh, something that really intrigued me, because you guys know I really like geeky, nerdy stuff, superheroes, comic books, that kind of shit. And it was a documentary called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? And this is an independently produced documentary um, it was raised. It, it was it was basically funded by Kickstarter. A lot of fans out there put in their money because they wanted to know what was what what this documentary was all about. They wanted to see it, and so basically, it tells the true story of a Superman movie that was supposed to happen, supposed to be filmed. Oh shit! What is this? Vulnerability. Blah blah blah. I don't know, something popped up on the computer. So this documentary, it tells the story of a movie that was supposed to come out in the 90s uh, about Superman, a Superman film. Uh, between, we didn't, uh, the last Superman movie uh, before that came out in the 80s, it was like Superman 4, Christopher Reeve, you know, he had already done three more previously, starting in the late 70s. And then we didn't see another one until 2006 with Superman Returns. So with such an iconic character, probably the most important superhero of all time, the most popular superhero, why didn't we have a movie? Well, I mean, it was 
took a lot of development. And so this movie was to be directed by Tim Burton, the man who brought Batman into uh, a cinema mainstream and made him darker. And everybody forgot about the campy 1960s Batman TV show. He also is known for, up until that point, a lot of uh, very cool movies like Beetlejuice and Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Edward Scissorhands. I mean, the list goes on and on. He, Tim Burton was the man, and he still is. I mean, he's one of the most uh, visual geniuses in, in movies. The other thing is it was going to star Nicolas Cage as Superman, <laughs> And Nicolas Cage, I know everybody kind of likes to goof on him because uh, he makes a lot, he, he stars in a lot of bad movies and he makes some very interesting choices as an actor. But in the 90s, I mean, he won the Academy Award for Best Actor in Leaving Las Vegas where he played uh, an alcohol that was trying to drink himself to death. I mean, and this guy in the 90s, he, he actually made a lot of great movies. Um, some of them you can look back at now and, and find cheesy. But, I mean, in the 90s, man, Nicolas Cage, he had Face Off and Con Air and, and Snake Eyes and Bringing Out the Dead. Um, in the 80s, he did uh, fucking... Uh, yeah, I can't... I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but the Coen Brothers movie, you know, with John Goodman, that classic movie and wild at heart with david lynch i mean he was awesome and so this movie interviews all the people that were kind of involved in the process the producers uh tim burton of course the director um kevin smith who wrote the original first draft of the screenplay uh shortly after making clerks and mall rats maybe chasing amy as well but kevin smith was still uh, uh relatively new in the uh, movie business and then all the subsequent uh, screenwriters that came in and all the people that designed all sorts of storyboards and and uh, uh, promotional art uh, and and the costume designers and, and it was a really really cool story uh, very similar to another documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune uh, that was about uh, another failed movie it was going to be uh the 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 movie dune based on the book uh directed by alejandro jodorowsky who made uh, a few really cool uh uh, psychedelic movies in in the 60s and 70s and it never happened and this is this documentary is basically like the same thing uh just talking about another movie that could have been made and they were so far in production um that they had costumes and they had the story and they were getting ready to roll. But ultimately what happened was Warner brothers, the company that was going to put this movie out just had, uh, so many box office bombs over and over and over again. And they just kept losing money. And it came to the point where this was going to be one of the most expensive movies ever made. And they just didn't want to roll the dice. They didn't want to take the gamble. And ultimately they just, they opted out, <laughs> and uh, the movie was canceled two weeks before it was about to start. They were in pre-production, and pre-production is basically when 
uh, everybody gets together and they're coming up with the ideas. And then once uh, production starts, that's when they start building the sets and renting the equipment, getting the contracts in order. But pre-production is all the stuff that happens before that. So there were two weeks until production was about to start. And that was it. So the sad part is what happened was they ended up, Warner Brothers ended up making Wild Wild West. Uh, a very high concept concept movie starring Will Smith and Kevin Klein that ended up costing $220 million and losing so much money for the studio that uh, it took a very long time for them to recover. But uh, the documentary was, it was very cool. Uh, I recommend it to anybody who likes um, movies, uh, big, big budget popcorn flicks, uh, superhero movies, action movies, adventure movies, um, and people who like uh, Hollywood and documentaries and the behind-the-scenes stuff. So uh, all in all, it was great. Um, it's very—it's not a very easy movie to find. Uh, as far as I know, there's only two ways that you can see it. And right now, it's, it's on Showtime. So either you have to have Showtime in your cable package or you have to have Hulu with the Showtime uh, edition. The other way you can watch it is you have to go to their official website. So... It's uh, T-D-O-S-L-W-H.com. <laughs> I know it's kind of hard to remember, but it's ever, the first letter of every word. The death of Superman lives what happened. And from there, there's a lot of bonus features. Um, not only can you rent uh, just the, the, the film itself, the documentary, but there are all these extra bonus features and there's like a three hours with Kevin Smith. There's another one that's three and a half hours with just Tim Burton. They're talking about all of his films up until 2014, which one of these days I want to watch because Tim Burton doesn't really give a lot of interviews. And uh, as somebody who, who loves movies and uh, is interested in, in creative minds, the inside of a creative mind, uh, I'm definitely going to rent that one of these days. And just eight hours of bonus features, um, stuff that they couldn't fit in the movie, more interviews, and uh, all in all, check it out, man. So Thursday rolls around, and uh, they dropped Hollywood, <laughs> Marvel, dropped a brand new trailer for Captain America Civil War, the third of the Captain America trilogy part of their cinematic universe, their next follow-up to the second Avengers movie. This movie is going to pit Iron Man and his group of uh, followers against Captain America and his group of followers. And this is the movie where all the heroes are fighting each other. There's no common bad guy. They, they, they are on different sides of a specific argument and bringing in some new characters and I wasn't really that interested in this movie in the first place because you guys know I'm more of a Batman Superman guy. I already got my tickets to that movie coming out at the end of the month. But needless to say, this trailer dropped a bomb and they gave us our first glimpse at Spider-Man. The very end, last like five seconds of the trailer, Spider-Man shows up and... I got to be honest with you, they came out with two Spider-Man movies uh, in the last five years, The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I didn't watch either one of those because I just, 
I I really wasn't interested. I had already seen the original three from Sam Raimi in the 2000s. I thought they were great. Um, they all uh, the third one definitely has its faults, but the, these I just felt like they were telling the same story, and uh, I wasn't interested, so I didn't watch them. But some for some reason, Spider Man popping up in this trailer just made me really excited made me want to see the movie even more and the fact is he has this look this classic look like he doesn't look very hollywood stylized with the previous two incarnations where they took the suit and they made him very super muscular and i mean the story goes that this kid (laughs) makes a costume for himself and the costumes on the screen that we're seeing look like they were $10,000 made in a Hollywood movie studio. Like, no kid could believably make a costume that looks that good. This time, although it is CGI, it looks like the old Spider-Man from the cartoons, the old comics, even the old 1970s TV show, just brought to the modern age. And I gotta say, man, I was really excited, and uh, uh, I already knew that there was a bunch of hate (laughs) There was a bunch of hate online about this shit. And uh, I I decided to make a post. And I got to find it right now. I had it ready to go. And then as soon as I opened my phone, it was gone. What the hell? Where is my search? I can't find... Okay, so here you go. Thursday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I posted four pictures. And I said, okay, what's the hate? For the new Spider-Man suit. I think it looks more true to the comics than any of the previous films. Fabric is not supposed to shine. And uh, followed by that I had four pictures. I had uh, Spider-Man played by Tobey Maguire in the original 2000 Spider-Man. Then Andrew Garfield as uh, (laughs) Spider-Man in the amazing one. Then I have the third picture is uh, a screenshot from this trailer. And then the fourth picture is an actual cartoon comparing all four of these suits. And uh, I posted it on a group that I am part of on Facebook called Comic Book Collecting. And I have never posted anything that uh, got so much of a reaction. I cannot tell you the amount of comments on here because it doesn't list them. That There's a lot. But 262 likes. <laughs> so, uh, so let me just read some of the comments. And I'll leave out names because I don't want to get in trouble. I don't think I will because not that many people listen to it. But one one girl says, I don't think it's the suit. I think it's the fact that he looks like he was cut from the cartoon and pasted in a live action movie. The CGI is poorly done and I hope this is simply a bad shot. Next one. I like the suit, but the CGI didn't fit. Like I said, he almost looked cel-shaded in a scene where everything looked ultra-realistic. Motherfucker, you really think Iron Man and his robotic suit that keeps opening up looks realistic? Man, lay off the fucking glue. (laughs) It looks too CGI to me. Next one. Eyes need to be bigger. In my opinion, Romita's eyes are too small. Romita is uh, is a reference to John Romita, one of the uh, artists on the Spider-Man comic book. Here's another one. How is it more true to the original comics? I don't understand this argument. 
It has the eyes and the logos the same. That's about it. Toby's first suit and the Amazing Spider-Man 2 suit look way better. The flatness and unfinished CGI of the new suit make it look cartoony. But seriously, look at the new suit and tell me it looks like the original. Here's a comparison with Toby's. Now, who is closer to the original? Exactly. <laughs> Finally, there's like, people love to hate. That's all there is. You know, the, and it just goes on and on. There's always hate. People have to complain. It's in our DNA. Uh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I just, I squealed when his eyes moved. Maybe I'm just easy to please. Guess what? Unless this is a rough cut, they ain't changing it. Maybe in the next movie. So I guess your superhero movie is ruined now. I don't think it's the CGI that's done. Just looking at the suit, it looks like Tony made it for him. I bet it will change in the standalone film. <laughs> I think the one from Amazing Spider-Man 2 has been the best one yet. I'm a fan of bigger eyes, but not huge as some artists portray them. Let's see, I'll try to find like the last one. And there's all these pictures, goofy pictures of the uh, 70s <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh, it reminds me of this. Here's a 1970s cartoon. Looks too CGI, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, what can you do, man? It goes on and on, and, and I never realized how crazy comic book fans are. <laughs> they are more verbal <laughs> than uh, anybody. And it, 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 I don't think everybody's an expert. I think everybody claims to be an expert, but... I've been looking at this shit since I was a little kid, and I'm 30 years old. I Don't tell me some kid who's anywhere from uh, uh, 13 to 22 knows better than me. I don't care. I don't read that shit. I don't read anything that came out before the year 2000 as far as comic books go because that looks fake to me. That's not my childhood. Regardless, I like it. I'm excited for it. It actually made me more excited for the movie than I was before. I also posted another picture because uh, we went to Michael's and I got this frame. It's called a magazine frame. And I posted a, uh, I posted, I put up my Death of Superman comic up on the wall. And a lot of people were like, oh no, this, there's no UV protected glass. And in a room with natural light, that's going to make your colors fade. And I really hope that you put a bag around that before you put it in the frame. It's like... People are crazy. I'm like, dude, this book cost me $4. This is one of the most popular comic books of all time. It's not signed. It's not graded. <laughs> you know, if it gets ruined, I'll buy another one because there's there's tons and tons of them floating around out there. Now, I can understand if it was a, a book that even cost 50 to 100 bucks, but it's more of a wall decoration to me. Shit. So yeah, that was Thursday. Uh, Friday was was cool. My dad came uh, and and ate lunch with me. We went over to Panda Express and just hung out for an hour. Um, good to see my dad. He's got to have surgery at the end of the month, knee surgery, and uh, yeah, just like spending time with him. He told me my sister's coming down tomorrow, or well, at the time it was tomorrow, but now she's already here somewhere in probably in Woodland, but. Uh, uh, she took the train down, and, and next weekend they're going to be picking up a bunch of shit and taking it up back up to Oregon. Because her and my mom moved up to Oregon this past year, and uh, they didn't 
it was basically they went up to uh, Oregon for our wedding in August and just decided to stay. <laughs> and so I have a shed in my backyard. It has a bunch of their stuff. They also have a storage and uh, my sister Sarah and my dad and one of my brothers <laughs> on my dad's my dad's second marriage, uh, J- J- Jacob. Uh, they're all going to pack that truck up and drive it back up to Oregon. So my sister and my mom have all their stuff with them. So that's cool. And I'll probably see Sarah at some point. Um, <laughs> I will see her at some point because somebody's got to, I have to give the key out to somebody. So, and I'm going to be here. I don't, I don't, <laughs> nobody's going to be going through my house or my backyard if I'm not here. So, uh, this weekend, I ended up watching two movies, and uh, yeah, it, like I said, it, was, it has been raining, it was a lazy, lazy Sunday, <laughs> lazy Saturday and Sunday, but uh, on Saturday, we ended up uh, watch. we rented Straight Outta Compton on Blu-ray, uh, came out last August, actually when we were, uh, when we got married, and we were going to try to see it while we were in Seattle, but it just didn't end up happening. We were very busy doing all sorts of other stuff. If you're curious, go back to episode 20 where I talk about my whole honeymoon and, and that fun experience memory that will last a lifetime. So, uh, But I'm meaning to see this movie, especially now with the controversy where a lot of people were complaining they wasn't nominated for many Oscars and the great performances and... We, we laid in the bedroom, and, and Elisa was afraid she was going to fall asleep, but she sat through the whole thing, two and a half hours, straight out of Compton. And uh, here you go, man. I think this was a great movie. Um, I love music biopics, biopics, biographies anyways, um, but especially this one because I, I, I have – lots and lots of memories of of these guys you know ice cube and dr dre and snoop dog easy e uh because that's the stuff that was in my childhood i mean i didn't listen to gangsta rap but i grew up in woodland and my brother was into that stuff and i remember the 90s i remember 92 93 94 i was a little kid and and it was it was huge i mean snoop doggy dog doggy style remember that that's classic, classic Blair. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, it, as far as if I'm not really big into rap and hip hop, but if I am going to listen to it, that's what I, that's what I go for because that's my childhood. Anything outside of the nineties, I, I'm not too into, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be stuck in the nineties, but that's just like, that's what I like. I like the style. I like the music. I like the G funk. So, uh, yeah, man, I've seen a few. I've seen a lot of these biopics, and uh, there there aren't a lot of hip hop ones. Um, most notably, you have uh, Eight Mile, which isn't really an exact biography. Um, they kind of inspired by Eminem's upbringing, but uh, it's it's a completely different story. It, they took elements of his his life and uh, made a fictional movie based on that. Then you have Get Rich or Die Trying, the 50 Cent story, and then Notorious, um, which is uh, about the Notorious B.I.G. So uh, uh, as far as the tone, I'd say this one is closer to Notorious than the other two. But uh, by far the best hip-hop biopic that I've ever seen. 
And uh, I, I really enjoyed it, man. It's just, it tells the story of, of NWA, these guys in uh, South Central Los Angeles in Compton. They were just on the street, man. Uh, poor neighborhoods, no future ahead of them. Uh, one of them selling drugs to make money and hustling out there and um, just writing rhymes and, and being a DJ and playing music and and. Eventually, they decide to put a song together, and it gets the attention of some music guy, and uh, that, they were on their way, and they were one of the most controversial uh, groups in music history, and they raised a lot of uh, eyebrows <laughs> in uh, in the culture, and uh, their story, it was, it was a very cool story, because, I mean, obviously, they and they ended up breaking up, and... and, and the members individually went on to successful solo careers. Uh, one of them, uh, Ice Cube, went into acting, and, and he's a big movie star. Uh, producing, they they brought in new talent uh, individually. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I really I, I like this movie a lot. Um, if I can have any complaint about it, I, I could watch another hour of it, but... Two and a half hours is already pushing it for a movie. Now, if I end up one day getting the Blu-ray, then I bet you there's a bunch of deleted stuff on there because the guy that got to play Tupac, he's only in the movie for a very short amount of time, but he is a, a dead ringer for him. He looks just like him. Snoop Dogg, uh, you know, he had the he had the speech down and stuff, but uh, uh, he didn't really look like him and then suge knight and it's just a very cool story man and and they did they did it justice they did it very well uh unfortunately easy e ended up dying at aids um and right before they're about to get back together and it's they made it seem like i mean this was produced by ice cube and dr dre so they made it seem like uh everybody had reconciled before he died so that that's good it's good to tie up those loose ends but um all in all, I think it was a very, very cool movie, um, especially if you're a music fan, hip-hop fan. It's a must-see. Uh, but even if you're not, I mean, if you like stories uh, with a beginning, middle, and an end and, and based on, on, on reality and interspliced with real news footage, then this is going to be right up your alley. So check it out, man. The other movie I watched... And I've been talking about this for a long time, and this goes to goes back to um, this whole filmmaking thing and the iPhone thing. I don't remember where I saw it. Um, it's I was probably browsing Yahoo or something, but I came upon this article of a a, a movie that was at the Sundance Film Festival, shot completely on an iPhone, and. It really surprised me. Like, like, all of a sudden, light bulbs were were going off over my head, and I, I, felt excited. Like, wait a minute, I have an iPhone. Like, I can make a, I can make a movie. Really? What? And I did research on it, and it was this movie called Tangerine. Uh, that premiered sometime in 2015, and uh, I, I read all. I read about this film a lot and, and knew that it was about transgendered sex workers in LA and uh, 
they used a special uh, lens called the uh, Moon Dog Labs anamorphic lens that they pl- they hooked up, and they made the phone look a lot more cinematic. They used the special app called Filmic Pro, which allows you to change manually change the settings of your camera to different frame rates and shutter speeds, and you can lock the white balance and the focus. Basically, just turning your phone into a full-blown video camera uh i mean people like to take videos with their phones but it doesn't look very cinematic it looks like a phone video and being able to go in there and and manually change those settings opens up so many so many new possibilities and so i read more and more about this movie and what they did and i ended up getting an iphone 6s uh with a lot more space on it got the lens um, and then found, uh, trying out the lens, I found that, uh, there was a lot of shaking in my video. So then I invested and got myself a stabilizer and working with the stabilizer a little bit, uh, adjusting the weights and the balance and just, you know, preparing myself for, uh, actually trying to do something just recently got a tripod and this last week went and did some filming with the tripod as well and messing around with editing and coloring and learning about all sorts of different editing software uh the the what the pros use i mean i've been doing a lot of research basically lighting sound um figuring out what i need to uh to do what these guys did and i i saw the trailer for it the trailer looked great so laying around on Saturday, browsing Netflix, I was like, you know, I got an hour and a half to kill. I'm going to watch this movie. And I knew it was on there. I just had been not putting it off, but waiting for the right time. And it was the right time. So I put this film on and uh, Tangerine, man, the, the filmed with a few iPhones and some other shit. And I got to tell you, it looked really, really cool. Uh, it, it looked, first of all, it was definitely professional looking. I noticed a little bit of a difference. I mean, compared to some other films that I've seen, like this this, this movie was uh, a little bit more chaotic. And uh, as far as the style, I mean, the, the phones were, I mean, you couldn't tell that they were a phone. I only know because I, I did my research, but... Um, yeah, be, th- this movie. I mean, there was a lot of fast-paced uh, uh, camera movements and 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 gliding and uh, close-ups. And uh, I just gotta say, man, I really enjoyed it a lot. It tells the story. It's it's kind of a comedy about these two transgendered women, you know, men, whatever you want to call them. One of them recently gets out of jail, and they're having a conversation uh, in a very seedy part of L.A., the uh, Santa Monica and Highland, which uh, I've been down Santa Monica Boulevard a few times, and and it goes from Little Mexico to the ghetto uh, to a place you don't really want to be at night. Probably a lot of prostitutes and, and, and drug dealers, but they're at a donut shop at this intersection. They're having a conversation. Obviously, they're friends and shit. And one of them accidentally slips out like that the boyfriend's been cheating on on her. And so she's like, oh, no, you know, and and throughout the movie, it's it's her trying to find uh, 
not only trying to find him, but trying to find the girl and she's going to kick her ass. And, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, there's some very colorful characters and, and there's another side story of a taxi driver who, uh, although he, he's an Armenian guy who has very traditional family and the mother-in-law and it's Christmas Eve and they're having dinner. He cruises around and picks these transgender women up and, and messes around with them. (laughs) So, uh, it was there's a lot of funny stuff in it and uh the movie looked great um no i and as far as i know they they used like a hundred thousand dollars in not a hundred thousand but a lot of a lot of money in sound equipment and the 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 cameras were just more of a uh stylistic choice and and a little bit of a budget that uh if they ended up using what are called uh dslrs uh digital single lens uh whatever um they would have needed to hire another person so with them using the phone and the in the stabilizer they they saved money they saved time and uh yeah and and then i guess a lot of the look came from post-production and and the software they used a lot of color correction which is very important in filmmaking um but yeah all around i i really like i said it's not really a movie that i would normally enjoy but uh also then again i i liked it and and the fact is i've been i've been to la and i've i i totally get the mood uh and the atmosphere that they were going for uh it was semi-funny i didn't think i wasn't laughing out loud like that kind of thing but i would definitely watch it again and i'd recommend it to anybody who has like an open mind as far as uh subject matter goes there's nothing I mean, this is, it's its pretty much like a feel-good movie. I mean, nothing really bad happens. I mean, nobody gets raped or killed or beat. Um, and uh, and at the end, you know, the two main characters, it's like kind of touching and, and they um, reconcile uh, uh, a uh, sort of, uh, what do you, what is it called? They reconcile from having uh uh, I don't. I'm like drawing a blank now. Um, they 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 had issues with each other, and trust issues, and and uh, um, God, I feel like I'm blank right now. I don't know. Basically, what I'm saying is that some shit went down, and one of them didn't trust the other one, and there was some animosity, and they basically reconcile at the end. And, and so it's a, it ends up being feel good. Um, but yeah, I, I was very impressed with the movie. And the fact is they, they shot it on the uh, iPhone 5S, which is two phones behind the one I have now. So the one I have is even better. And uh, doing more research, I found out that they filmed at a certain... I, basically, after my research and watching the movie... I, I found out that uh, the, what I have now is even better than what they had then. So the possibilities are uh, definitely, it's definitely exciting, you know, like um, that I can make a, a, I could make a movie as good as that movie. I mean, the big thing is telling a good story and um, that's that's your number one concern when it comes to that. So I want to try and start and do a short film first, and then who knows? Who knows where it's going to go? I mean, maybe 
maybe I can make I can make a film that that, that makes money and then I can upgrade and, and buy better equipment and and just keep getting bigger and bigger I mean that's that's the story that I've basically seen with a lot of these filmmakers out there is the first one they make is dirt cheap and then the next one's a little bit better and then you know once they get to their fifth movie I mean they're real real filmmakers out there respected in in their field in their community and I mean that that kind of thing is really exciting to me um because I, I I enjoy playing music I, I I've been painting I actually have a another painting that um I'm almost finished with I've been working on all weekend I did another one super quick just a little art project and just trying to stay creative. Um, the only other thing that uh, I did this week was uh, just copied some more of those old tapes onto onto DVD, <laughs> seeing some funny stuff from way back in the day. Uh, attempts that make like there was a movie that um, it's not really a movie, but uh, kind of the the first seeds of of me wanting to do something like this back in like oh seven maybe. Uh, my buddy JP and I and our friend Ian and we were out in the woods and trying to record something with my old Canon uh, mini DV camera and uh, it, it, it didn't end up being anything but I have a tape of it and it's funny to look at it and learn from it and and see where I want to go next so yeah it's 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 really exciting man and uh, shit I can't believe <laughs> done 45 episodes. Um, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up because Elise's birthday's at the end of the month. Got a San Francisco trip, a musical coming up, no concerts, and then of course Batman versus Superman. But uh, up until then, who knows what's gonna happen? I'm just gonna keep messing around with my camera and uh, keep just creating stuff because that's why I'm here. I'm here to create. So. Other than that, man, uh, thanks again for listening, subscribing. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen MJ Getney. You can check out all my art on my Instagram and stuff. Actually, I've just created a hashtag, hashtag Stephen Getney Art. Just type that into Instagram and you can see all my paintings and stuff. And I'm going to continue to do that because I like it a lot and one of these days I'm going to do some more music, but right now it's, it's, I'm in filmmaking mode and working on the documentary and, and thinking about, you know, short films. So, um, up until next week, man, have a good one. <laughs>